0: For us to have more harmonious family gatherings during this holiday season, to really be open to people who so far have been vaccine hesitant? How do we approach that in a way that is more respectful than people just wagging their finger at them?
1: Welcome to More Life. In this episode, Hartford Healthcare's Steve Coates talks with Dr. James O'Day. He's vice president of Hartford Healthcare's Behavioral Health Network they get into some, well, difficult vaccination conversations some of us might be having with friends and family while we're trying to plan for the holidays. Vaccinated or not, Dr. O'Day helps us understand both points of view and has some really valuable conversation tips and pointers to help keep the peace and joy, regardless of which group you might fall into. Here's Steve Coates.
2: COVID cases are on the rise, new variants out there there seems to be even more divisiveness than ever over vaccinations or whether or not to wear a mask and they say never talk about religion politics or money at the family dinner table so how can we have these discussions over the holiday season
0: it's a it's a great question steve thanks for thanks for asking and thanks for inviting me to talk about these issues You know, the first thing I say is, well, if you're not going to talk about religion, you're not going to talk about politics, you're not going to talk about COVID. I don't know what people are talking about. These, you know, these are the issues of the day. And I do think that while there are risks associated with having these conversations, I actually think we can have these conversations. But I would would suggest that the conversations need to have a different quality to them, if they're going to be meaningful to people wherever their position might be.
2: You know, I think in some cases it escalates to, you know, whether which side you're on, it escalates to, well, your opinion is just stupid. How do we stop people from getting to that
0: point? I think the way I see this is people who have people who wanted to be vaccinated have long been vaccinated, and many of them have received a booster, I, 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 don't, I don't, I think the approach that we've used up to this point about how to promote vaccination in the public, um, has gotten us exactly where we are. And, you know, there's some reason to be optimistic about that, right? Across this country, I don't know, something on the order of 70% of the public has received some level of vaccination. The truth, the truth is that's not sufficient to get to herd immunity. And tragically, you know, with different variants that come up, we see more and more people getting sick, and we'll probably by the end of this year top well over 800,000 deaths associated with COVID. So, I think the approach that we've used so far has gotten us exactly to this point. But I do think a couple things. One, for us to have more harmonious family gatherings during this holiday season, and also for us to really be open to people who so far have been vaccine hesitant. How do we approach that in a way that is more respectful than people just wagging their finger at them and somehow implying that the choices that they've made are are not smart?
2: You've mentioned the stages of change theory. It's fascinating really how people change their minds about something. It's not through us forcing our opinions on them, but more of a process that they go through. Mom says, eat your vegetables because it's good for you, is just not good enough for a person to make that change. Talk a little bit about the stages of change.
0: Well, so I'm a psychologist by training. And and the truth is we actually do know quite a bit about how people change. You know, it's not a mystery. It's not a big dark hole. We understand how people change their mind and importantly, how they change their behavior. And, you know, we can illustrate that in any number of ways. We can talk about, like you just said, you should eat more vegetables. You should lose weight. You should join a gym. You should stop drinking. Like all of these things are, 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 are examples of things where one person is suggesting to another person that they need to change their behavior. And what I've learned in both my training and over 30 years of experience is that it's hard enough to change your own mind. I can tell you none of us are equipped to change another person's mind. So what happens is when people are thinking about making a change in their life, there is a structure that we've understood, well-researched, well back in the 1970s that people go through different stages. And and the first stage is, I don't really think I have an issue. You may think I have an issue, but I don't think I have an issue. Or maybe they get to a place where maybe I have an issue, but I'm not really that sure about it. And so what happens is if you prescribe, as a doctor, if I prescribe an action-oriented step, go do something to a person who doesn't recognize right now that they have an issue, I might as well be the adult in the Charlie Brown cartoon, you know, wah, 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 wah. So it's not only is it ineffective, it actually makes matters worse because all it results in is a person basically hardening their position and feeling more justified because they don't feel heard or understood in the position that they currently are in. and. You know, the way to make that different is actually to engage with people and genuinely, genuinely try to understand where they are.
2: Can you give me a real-life example of of how these kind of conversations have happened, whether they're in your life or someone else's, how to navigate them?
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. I mean, I could illustrate any of those behavioral changes that I just illustrated, but since the focus of this conversation is around vaccine hesitancy, I'll illustrate that with two real life examples that I've had with people. I've talked with scores of people who were very hesitant to be vaccinated. And I'll illustrate it with one with a young woman I was speaking to works in a healthcare organization. And um, I said, I'm really interested in your point of view about this. I understand that at this time, you're very, very hesitant to get vaccinated. And, and she said, yeah, because I don't. I'm really concerned about my fertility. I'm I'm concerned that it could impact on uh, my ability to have a baby. Now, I have a choice at that point. I could immediately go to the science as best we know it, talk about the research, talk about what gynecologists and obstetricians are saying regarding the safety of the vaccine. I'll bet you she's heard that a dozen times. And instead, what I said to her is, it sounds like having children and fertility is really important to you. And she said, yeah, it's really important to me. And I noticed as she said it, her her demeanor changed. And all I said was, something just happened when you said that. Can you tell me more about that? And what it led to is she volunteered that she had recently, in a short period of time, experienced two miscarriages. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about the painful experience of having those losses in her life. So had I immediately gone to, but the science says it's fine and you should get vaccinated, I would be entirely tone deaf the experience that she was going through, we ended up not talking about vaccination much at all. We ended up talking about a pretty painful episode in her life where we talked a little bit about the impact and why this was important to her. And and do I know at some point that she then moved at some point to become vaccinated? I I don't know. Um, She contacted me later and continued to profess at that point a bit more of an openness to it. But I think it was really a demonstration that I just wanted to be present and empathetic to the position that she was in. And rather than competing with her about her point of view versus my point of view, let me just engage with you about where you currently are, which might set the stage for you to begin to contemplate a different strategy.
2: I think with vaccination, there's another component of it too, though. I think sometimes the people that are doing or trying to do the convincing there is a concern for their own safety, for their family's safety. Doesn't that add a new aspect to this argument or conversation?
0: Yes and no. I mean, abstractly, I guess it does on some level, but somehow in the question you're asserting that somehow you believe that you have more care for my grandmother than I do. So there are some some assumptions there that continue to imply somehow that you have better information, better data, more accurate information, that I should trust it more than information that I have. I, I actually don't think it is constructive. I think at this stage of the game, people are making very individual decisions based on information that they feel quite confident with. And I think the best strategy is for us to continue to be curious and interested in, in what, what, what that is about and and i do believe that as you begin to genuinely demonstrate that you're interested in that point of view it does create some openness to another point of view but but i you know i i can keep it really simple steve it's a, it's a saying that i've come to of late which is if you hope someone's going to change their mind about this stop trying to change their mind
2: And how about a very specific example where, say, a relative hasn't been vaccinated and there's a get-together, whether it's at your house or at their house, and you have to say, hey, we're not coming, I'm sorry, I love you, but because you're not vaccinated, I'm not bringing my family. Uh, How do you have that conversation?
0: I, I think, actually, that is is pretty straightforward. I think each person has both a right and responsibility to set the standards and boundaries of what they feel safe For in their life. And so nobody's obligated to invite somebody into their home if you feel like it poses risk for you and your loved ones. So I I think at that point, it just becomes, we just have to be straightforward. We don't have to editorialize. We don't have to send judgments. We don't have to wag our fingers. We just have to say, this is the way it works in my life. And I respect the choices that you're making in your life. But in my home, these are the things that I have expectations about. And, and, you know, that I think is straightforward enough. I think it gets, you know, more complicated when people begin to debate about those different perspectives. And I would go back to, you know, some of these really basic principles about approach this conversation with generosity, approach this conversation with curiosity. And, and it really is a genuine sense of I really want to understand how how this works for you and how you're thinking about it rather than waiting for somebody else to stop talking so that I could continue to assert my position.
2: There's no doubt that the vaccination situation has become politicized. And over the last year to 18 months, there's been so much divisiveness, as I mentioned in the beginning. There's conspiracy theorists out there, not just about the vaccine but, but other avenues. And when you're at the holiday gathering and, and grandma may go down that conspiracy rabbit hole and you might think her ideas are outlandish, how do you handle those conversations as well?
0: Yeah. I, you know, listen, I'm, 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 I'm going to be really consistent about this, which is, I think we approach these things with people that we care about with curiosity and with generosity. I, I, I think that, I look at this, you know, I'll use this example. You just brought up this quote unquote conspiracy theory, right? I've heard from people where they've said to me, well, the reason I don't want to get vaccinated is I believe that microchip idea. And and I could sit there and say, well, that's a ludicrous concept and it's it's anti-science or whatever the case would be. The truth is, if there's a person who believes that when they get vaccinated, there's even a small possibility that the government is using that vaccination as a way to track their movements and know what they're doing, that's a terrifying thought. It's a terrifying idea. And so, you know, simply telling somebody that that doesn't make any sense, how is that going to persuade them in a different direction? What I've said to people when I've had those conversations with people is that's a terrifying thought. And that leads to a deeper discussion of the role of government. How is this going? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Really what it relates to is how do we engage with people where we generally, genuinely want to understand where they're coming from? You know, Steve, I, I want to use another example. Can I give you another real life example?
2: Definitely, please.
0: This, this, is, this is a real life example of an African-American nurse that I talked to and and in the conversation, she too was saying, I'm just not sure that I want to do this. And I said, I'd really like to better understand your thinking and your position on this. And, and she said, well, I, I just don't trust your science. And it, it's noteworthy what she said there, of course, right? She said, I don't trust your science. And I asked her about that. And she said, well, I don't know if you know this, but the vast majority of medical research that, that has been done in this country is done on white people. You know research on hypertension research on diabetes conditions that disproportionately affect people that look like me has almost all been done on white people why should i trust your research and i you know that was bracing for me to hear and 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 i said is there more and she said there's a lot more or do you really want to hear it i said yes And, you know, you and some of your viewers won't be surprised, you know, where she went. She talked about Tuskegee. And for those listeners on this podcast, you know, if you don't know a little bit about the horrors of what this country did to poor black men in the 19, it started in the 1920s and the 1930s, but we experimented with young black men where we promised that we were giving them medical treatment for an underlying condition. And we lied to them, did not give them treatment. And in fact, we were studying them what would happen if you didn't treat this condition. Now, she used terms to me like you treated people who look like me. You treated people like that look like me, like lab rats. And 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 so at that point, am I going to counter that by saying, yeah, but that would never happen today? Or, you know, that's not what's happening. That's not the kind of thing that's happening here. What I said is that is one of the most horrific chapters in this country's history. We should all be appalled and embarrassed about it. And she finally went on to say is, do you know when that study ended? Everybody talks about that study that went on in the 30s. And I said, actually, I didn't know the answer to the question. And she said, that study ended in 1972. It's not that long ago. And then she paused and she said, do you know the government agency that was responsible for that study for the last 25 years? The CDC. So, so when you hear a person talk about that and you ask, oh, my goodness, how could this person be vaccine hesitant? I look at that and think, how could they not be vaccine hesitant? Of course they are. And so for me to assert a position of what they should do without respecting and understanding their reality is just disrespectful.
2: Dr. Jim O'Day, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: You're very welcome.
1: Thank you, Steve Coates and Dr. O'Day. Learn more about current COVID variants and statistics, as well as access to vaccines and boosters at HartfordHealthCare.org slash COVID. And be sure to follow and share the Hartford HealthCare podcast for episodes covering a wide range of important health topics. Just search Hartford HealthCare on your favorite podcast platform. For Hartford HealthCare, I'm anne DePierre. Thanks for listening to More Life. I'm ready for my close up, all the faces start to light up, you know I love this feeling, I got more life in my life, if you feel it then you know, we can go anywhere we want to go, you're gonna love that